0: All right, all right, all right. It is time for another episode of the podcast. Green light, go. Uh, see? No yeah. reference to Matthew McConaughey because you did Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah you know, reading his book right now. Hell yeah,
1: just... hell yeah. But it's going to be a great show for you guys. I mean, we have the one and only Eliza Schroeder coming yes. on the show to talk about her project. She is over the pond, and man, she is one of the nicest people we've ever had the pleasure to interview.
0: For real, for real. And if you're an indie filmmaker, she drops some serious knowledge about what it takes to make a film independent. So, yeah. uh, man, you don't want to miss this
1: one. No, you really don't. You really don't. That's a little later on the show. Now, let's get crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 147 this week. Bam, bam. We're there, man. We're That's right there. Rocking and rolling so close to 150. It's insane. I mean, we just keep hitting milestone after milestone after milestone. I know. Right? It doesn't even seem that long. It seems like yesterday. We just started this thing.
0: It's serious, but we're in year four. Right?
1: Year four! <laughs> Closing in on 150, I mean, bonkers. man. Wow. Exactly. Bonkers. Exactly. Pun intended. Exactly. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys know you're a host with the most. Myself, j Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up, Guys, we have a lot to talk about this week. Of course, we're talking Streaming Wars. We're talking AMC. They think they're going to stay afloat throughout all of this, but uh, we'll see. They think. I mean, they're part of that stock market that's like going crazy right now, up yep. and down, up and yep. down. So, uh, have you invested? Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, we're talking about cons, cans, whichever or that you prefer. <laughs> of course, the Streaming Wars, like I said, and just a whole bunch of other stuff, man. we got a packed show for you guys and you're going to enjoy it. If it's going down in Hollywood, we are talking about it. Yes. And before we get this thing started, you guys know we got to promote our merchandise website. Go to www.crazyantmedia.com. Where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. If you're watching the YouTube video right now, you can see it on the screen. Man, it is just freaking amazing. Head over there right now. Valentine's Day gifts coming out soon. Our designs coming out soon. True. Rocking it. We're both rocking it. Hands hats. down, the best merch. Exactly. Say exactly. We got hats. We got masks. We got everything, <laughs> man. We have everything, anything, and everything for somebody in your family or someone you may know. That's right. Uh, but first, we gotta get started with some sad news news um one of them was kind of expected after uh, his diagnosis with covid and yep. he was really old uh legendary <laughs> broadcaster larry king died at uh, 87 years old uh died from sepsis which was put into like full throttle because of covid
0: yep yep and um uh, yeah, I mean that that that's a tough one because he know. L- is literally like he's interviewed everybody under the sun. Yeah. I think if you talk to anybody in the in the news business and then on the flip side the entertainment business and you ask who's the interview guy, the one it's Larry King. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, that, that, that was a
1: tough one, man. I know. I know. It really freaking was, man. But then uh, Oscar and Emmy-winning actress uh, Cloris Leachman also passed away this past week yeah. uh, from Natural Causes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that one, you 94. Know, yeah. I mean, full she, full
0: life. Um, She was so awesome, though. Yeah. So many things mm-hmm. that she was in from, I remember, way back on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. And then Facts of Life and, of course, Young Frankenstein and just later on in life, she was appearing on so many different shows. She's worked with so many people. She was a legend for sure.
1: Longest yard with Adam Sandler. Yeah, That show is so funny.
0: And then, of course, another legend – Gone, I think 96. I think 96. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Shoot us a message, but I think 96. Uh, Cicely Tyson, yeah, just an absolute pioneer in the industry for female actors, for black women, for just so many milestones, so many accomplishments, such an unbelievable career. She was literally an icon, yeah. And uh, so man, that's three. I know they say they always go in threes, that's three. Biggies to go out all in one
1: week. It's pretty crazy, man. It's absolutely wild. It is. uh, Thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that's involved with them, their team, their family. Uh, Thoughts and prayers go out to you. Um, Yeah, and keep moving forward in this crazy time. Uh, Speaking of crazy times, AMC. We teased it a little bit at the top of the show. Last December, we all know AMC, the world's largest cinema chain, uh, came crashing down but yeah. uh, by the early 2021 uh, due to mounting changes posed to the pandemic and everything going on theaters being shut down uh, but the company announced that a reverse is happening like stock their stock market is fucking skyrocketing and they're saying that they might be okay and not have to file bankruptcy for the next several months at least so eh, yeah
0: eh. yeah you guys have heard about this reddit thing right like with the hedge fund investors who like scooped up on people that were highly leveraged with short sales and then just bought up and forced the stock prices up into like ridiculous crazy. And these guys were in all kinds of huge trouble. Um, Well, AMC was a part of that along with GameStop and all the others, but AMC apparently benefited from it big time um, by, as of today, over the last five days, $1.1 $1.1 billion raised because of the jackup in, in, yeah. in stock prices. And get this, you have to pay, like, I don't know if you guys, and I'm not going to go into the long explanation of short sales, but you are obligated to buy that stock back and sell back. But a lot of their creditors apparently have decided to – waive most of that debt that was incurred to have to pay back. $600 million of the $1.1 $1. $1 yeah. is going to be alleviated from their responsibility, which, what? Yeah. But, guys, you know what they say. This is just my opinion, but you know what they say. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm happy for AMC, but, guys, I, I mean, this is dangerous. Yeah. When you play the
1: short sale game and you benefit, you also crash and so I don't know I don't know I know especially with so many like different types of stock trading apps right now I mean you got cash app you got acorn you got stash like all of these things where you can put in however much you want to but then like yeah it was a bundle of different things uh, amc GameStop, uh, bed bath and beyond like yeah a whole bunch of different stuff and so yeah it's it's really interesting that one day it tanked like crazy but now it's kind of back up uh but I don't know man I don't know but like I said uh several months should prevent them from going through bankruptcy but even that is crazy when you think 1.1
0: billion dollars only somewhat guarantees them a few months (laughs) like what what i
1: know that's crazy to me but yeah absolutely wild. we'll see how that goes we'll see if uh they'll tank again because honestly i don't see covid going away anytime soon so I think it's going to drop back down, yep. in my opinion. Uh, now heading over to Cans, Cans, whichever or you prefer, uh, 2021, it's going to be moving the event a couple months. It's going from May to July, so not that far, uh, but of course due to safety concerns uh, on the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. As announced last autumn, the festival uh, was reserved the rights to change its dates depending on how the global health situation developed Uh, and they said in a statement initially scheduled from the 11th to the 22nd of may 2021 and now the festival will therefore now take place on tuesday uh to saturday the 17th of july so i mean it makes sense i'm surprised they haven't canceled this one again but i mean everybody's like More people are wearing masks, so I feel like that's a big thing. More people are social distancing, so that's a big thing. So that we can somewhat have faith in humanity to do the right thing. But of course, I don't know. I could see also see this getting canceled.
0: Yeah, me too. I was gonna say. I was just gonna say. I don't. I don't think it's gonna make it in July. Yeah. I mean, May to July is not that far of a push off. No. And at the rate that, if the vaccines are working, if the masks are at the rate that that's going, it. That's not going to be soon to Well, know. especially
1: just... with the new strain of yeah. the virus. Yeah, two so.
0: new strains now. So just like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. there are three COVIDs out there. Like, what the
1: fuck? Yeah, we'll stay on top of that <laughs> one. Or we'll let you know if they do indeed cancel it. Uh, now heading over to Juggernaut Disney. Yes. The one and only. You guys know we love them. Yep. Uh, Mulan star Jason Scott Lee has joined the Disney Plus reboot of the Dooger, Doogie Houser, <laughs> uh, along with already announced star uh, Peyton Elizabeth Lee, who's going to be playing the main star. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, you might know, when I say Mulan star, he was the villain in Mulan. So we're going to get a completely different, like, change of role for him. So that's going to be very interesting. He was also, woo, woo, if you're old like me,
0: he yeah, was exactly. Bruce Lee, starred in Dragon. The Bruce Lee, you know, story is biopics, so, you know. It was a fantastic movie. It's kind of what, like, launched him. Yeah. And then he disappeared. And now he's back. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, you know, he's riding that entertainment roller coaster, but I mean, good for him, man.
1: Exactly. I'm excited about the show. Yeah, I am too. I am too. It's going to be interesting to watch, uh, which is surprising because you know you're an 80s guy and you were like, eh, reboots, blah, blah, blah. I know. But yeah, I mean, with the new synopsis that's coming out and with all these people that they have attached, I mean, it looks kind of good. Yeah. It looks kind of good. It's not like Saved by the Bell reboot, so. No. I mean... (sighs) It'll never be Doogie, no. but y- you know we'll see. I-,
0: I do think I'm excited to s- at least see
1: it. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, ABC Signature announced this week uh, new premiere dates for three new series that are coming to the airwaves all around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebel Wilson hosted dog grooming competition series Pooch Perfect, I think, will be hilarious. Uh, which will debut March thirtieth at eight PM. Uh, a sibling comedy, home economics executive produced and starred by starring Topher Grace, yep. uh is will launch April seventh at eight thirty PM and which will examine the heartwhelming yet fraught relations between three adult siblings and uh one in the one percent of the middle class and barely making ends meet and the uh, Eric Brockovich inspired drama Rebel and uh, Katie Sagel on uh, uh, it's coming out on April 8th at 10pm which follows a blue collar legal advocate uh, without a law degree uh, who is fearlessly fighting for causes that she cares about and other people around her care about so good stuff good just stuff. like the movie <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: just like we, we've talked about well we talked about Two out of the three of those. Yes. This, this like, dog grooming thing that we... No. But these other two were announced a long time ago, remember? And then they were kind of, like, put on hold because of the whole COVID thing, and now I guess... Yeah, it seems
1: like a lot of networks were doing that. Remember we talked about last week, uh, the CBS, they kind of put a lot of pilots on hold, and now they're bringing stuff back, kind of like the Keenan show. Uh, We'll be talking about that one a little bit later as well. So that'll be interesting.
0: Which cost them a lot of money, because they had to extend the contracts to hold these actors so that they wouldn't go on to other projects. Yeah. So, I mean, just... Woo!
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, ABC has also put in development Dugout Moms. It is a single camera comedy uh, from Damian Williams Jr. and his Two Shakes Entertainment Picture It Productions. Dugout Mom is inspired by the life actress of Don du- uh, Tavia Bullard, uh, and it centers around a struggling yet resilient single mom who finds support in sisterhood from a group of Little League parents after her and her son move ex- uh, to an exclusive Atlanta suburb. Sure. Yeah. Sure. This is not the one with Felicity Huffman. No. 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 That's
0: what I, when I first saw Dugouts, so I was like, no, that's not the name. That's totally different.
1: Yeah. Totally different. I know. All of these names, man, they sound the same. I mean, they Disney do. Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, Dugout Moms, Doug. What, yeah. What?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, just, okay. All right. This one clearly a comedy. Felicity's no, yeah. Not. Not. Remember, that's Peanut Butter Falcon yeah. Kid and like, yeah. Yeah. I I don't I'm just throwing that out
1: there. It sounded familiar.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, Tony Revolori uh, is in negotiations for a lead role opposite of Ellie Bamber and uh, Kaylee Spaney and Aaron Kellyman in Willow, Disney Plus's Lucasfilm. Everybody knows uh, the upcoming TV series to the follow up of the 1988 movie. No additional details about the storyline has yet been. Yet to be released, and no additional details about his character as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, everything's all up in the air. It is all up in the air. But, I mean, that's
0: uh, – that's, I mean, that's I see that. that. That's one of those huge, iconic, like, you know, epic type that You want to keep everything close to the belt. You don't want to give everything away with that one. Exactly. So, ducks, 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 duck, duck, duck. duck. Of course, we're talking about the V. Yes. The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. We have a premiere date. Finally. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers is gonna premiere on March 26th on Disney Plus. This is the one with Emilio Estevez and Lauren Graham and coming back. And it's the yeah, I'm so fucking excited about this one. Yeah. I know I trash reboots and remakes and revivals all the time, but I fucking love the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. I thought the whole series was just fantastic. Joshua Jackson and the boys back in the day, and I just I'm thrilled about this one. Yeah. Plus anything that Lauren Graham is in is good
1: exactly period
0: i don't care what it is she could just like have like a show (laughs) where she's just
1: reading Um, i don't know any it would be a hit it's lauren graham exactly super pumped up and of course this is the reason why she isn't um more featured in zoe's extraordinary playlist that's right if y'all don't know and haven't checked out that one yet that's Uh, right check it out though zoe's is really freaking good yes um have you caught up on season two yet
0: uh, not all the way caught up, but getting there. Okay. Like one episode shy. There you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, and for life started again. I'm just, There's so many. I know. I know. So many. This
1: next one I'm super pumped about because I was a huge Scrubs fan and Garden State and all that good stuff. Zach Braff. He's been cast in the upcoming Disney Plus remake of Cheaper by the Dozen. See, this is the Doogie Howser for me. I, I'm i interested to see what this one's going to be like because Gabrielle Union is in the movie uh, and it's going to center around a multiracial blended family of 12... Navigating a hectic home of life and their family business. So, I mean, Zach Braff and
0: Gabrielle Union. That's going
1: to be hilarious. That's going to be a hilarious couple. I'm just going to say that's going to be a hilarious couple. Exactly. I
0: mean, and Zach, if there's anybody that can kind of pull off what Steve Martin was able to pull off. Well, yeah. Zach Braff.
1: Kind of like a funny dad that's yeah. kinda, still kind of cool the kids can talk to. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: I completely agree. Who's going to be cast in the Hillary Duff and Tom Welling roles, though? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Like, who – the oh, two older kids. Like, you had Superman and, and Lizzie right. McGuire. Like, who – who did who knows man
1: who knows <laughs> they say that this is supposed to premiere on Disney Plus sometime in 2022 and this I had no idea maybe we did I don't know maybe we talked about we talk about a lot of things uh, Kenya Barris is on behind this thing co-writing the script and is producing this yeah so that's yeah. pretty badass that is pretty badass oh man now heading over to Warner Media mm. this one is very interesting they said oh freaking 19 Wonder Woman 1984 was huge beat everything out on um, Christmas Day and for the rest of the month of January is great, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of people that are eligible for HBO Max are not signing up no. for HBO Max. Half. Yeah, half at least half. That's crazy to me. Yeah, these were mixed numbers.
0: They beat revenue expectations, but it was almost all carried by AT and T's cellular and uh, Direct TV type stuff. Warner Media took a bath. Warner Brothers Pictures lost a shit ton yeah. of money. HBO Max lost a shit ton of money. So um, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, fourth quarter, what HBO Max in the fourth quarter, and more than two billion for the year on streaming services is what they've invested but they've lost a ton of money on both of those. So I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I know
1: it's going to be very interesting. Like everybody knows, everybody's been talking about their decision to put their theatrical releases also on the streaming service at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, it is very interesting, especially what we've been talking about, how they have been paying these creators like the flat rate and what they were expecting. And I don't know it. I don't know how Warner Brothers and Warner Media is gonna stay afloat with all this, yeah,
0: I mean like like I, I don't know, look, the numbers speak for themselves. They invested two billion dollars and they had to take a one point six billion dollar loss yeah. right off, so that tells you right there it 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 didn't work, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I agree, but man. but this next one. This next one could be the Mandalorian for Warner Brothers. It could be the WandaVision for Warner Brothers. It could be that one that those other 50% are waiting for to sign up for HBO Max. You know what we're talking about, of course. It's been the main driver behind all of it since they launched HBO Max, the Snyder Cut. The Justice League Snyder Cut. Well, it's been back and forth. Will it be like an extended miniseries? Will it be a long-ass movie? What will it be? Well, now we know it's a long-ass movie, and now we know when it's going to be a long-ass movie.
1: Yes. Yes,
0: the Snyder Cut is going to be released very soon. March 18th. Mm. March 18th. And I'm super pumped. I, I I'm down for this. I'm I'll do the four hours. I know I know we've talked about it. You're not so much.
1: No, down, I'm gonna treat it like a mini series. After the first hour, I'm pausing that <laughs> bitch and coming back to it. Like that's just too
0: long. I'll fall asleep. I gotta tell you though, they also released three new posters, and if you haven't seen them on the HBO Max accounts or Zack Snyder's accounts, they are badass posters. Yeah. One of them is like this crumbled like concrete rock with a film canister slightly opened with a roll of film and Snyder. And with the JL, mm. and it's
1: so bad. Oh, my gosh, it's really so badass. Here, I want to challenge you to something, though, because you said you're down for it. You're down for the four hours. You can't click pause at any point in time in the movie. You have to watch it straight through. I
0: I'll mean,
1: do it. You'll do it? I mean, with The Irishman, I know you and I both. I We watched yeah. it separately, yeah. but we both had to click pause we and did. go do other things. But with this one, you're so pumped about it, you can't do it. You have to sit there for four hours.
0: The geek in me will allow that to good, happen. All right, good will. Luck. I'm just telling you. We'll the let geek you know in me yeah. will allow that to happen. <laughs> I sat through Gone with the Wind.
1: Yeah, there. You
0: I, go. I love Gone with the Wind. Please don't send the. Uh, yeah, hate. they're Please fucking don't coming the for hate. you right now. Of course, that one has an intermission. Yeah. Not because you wanted to get up, just because
1: they have an intermission. Yeah. So so I guess that's Yeah, know. good luck. Challenge accepted, as uh, yes. Barney Stinson would say. That's right. Oh man. It will
0: be legend. Wait for Wait it. Wait for it. Dairy. Dairy.
1: <laughs> so good, man. So good. Uh, this week was huge for Warner Brothers and Warner Media because a trailer for Godzilla was released, was getting a lot of play on social media, but it's on the move again. Shortly after the uh, trailer release, they bumped the film date by two months uh, Mm. earlier than expected Mm. from uh, May 21st to March 26th. So, I mean, you know, uh, the studio has postponed its domestic premiere by another week. Now, Godzilla vs. Kong will uh, debut on. March 31st, simultaneously in movie theaters and on HBO Max. So. I'm excited
0: about this one. The trailer, first of all, badass. It does
1: look badass. badass.
0: And I, I saw that unlike any time these movies have been done in the past, this one is not going to, they say, make the mistake the other ones. There will be a definitive winner. That's good. There will be – one of them will win and be like the monster of monsters, the king of the – you know. Who do you you think? I think it's going to be Kong. You think so? I think it's Kong. Oh, shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, So Godzilla can breathe some fire and shit. He's got some spikes or whatever. Kong is going to (laughs) whip his ass. I mean I'm just saying. Uh, Apparently it's like a revenge thing. I think something had to do with – there was an epic battle of the monsters in the past and only – you know these two or something survived. I, I'm guessing. I, I'm yeah. picking from the story that I saw, but and so this is like the epic end all be all revenge battle. Yeah, I'm going Kong.
1: Well, yeah, well, since I'm all medieval shit and I love dragons and shit like that, I'll go Godzilla. All right, we'll do it. Fair we'll enough. See but happens. he's a lizard. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's fine. They're cousins. They're cousins. That's <laughs> fine. Fu- it's true. It's true. And they, and they breathe both breathe fire. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> th- this next one is very interesting and a lot of people at Warner Brothers are like trying to keep this thing hush hush but I guess it leaked this past week uh, apparently there's a Harry Potter live action <clears> television <throat> uh, um, <laughs> series in early very early development at HBO Max. Uh, sources say that executives at Warner Media and H- HBO Max have engaged in multiple conversations with potential writers exploring various ideas of what would bring the beloved property to television, but no writers or talent have been attached yet. Conversations are still extremely in the early stages and no deals have been made. Like I said, a lot of people at Warner Brothers don't even want to talk about this to outside sources. Is Emma going to be in it? Probably not. See, if Radcliffe or Emma or any
0: of the, 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 the gang are not in it, I don't see the point. <sighs> Why? I don't
1: know. What? I'm just like I- – That's like saying I'm not going to watch an Avengers movie if the original six aren't in it. Some people said that, I wouldn't say that, but some people did
0: say that. Like, if fucking Iron Man's gone, fuck it, I'm not watching it. And that's sad,
1: you're not a true fan. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you need to watch these bitches anyway. That's right, that's right.
0: Okay, now we're flipping back to the DC universe. See, you brought up Avengers, so we're going to go back to DC. This one's really interesting to me. We have said over and over, and again, I'm a geek... I think the TV side of the DC Universe has always been spot on, has always gotten it right, way above the movies. Hopefully, the Snyder Cut fixes that. But anyway, Titans is badass, guys. As you guys know, Titans season one, we had Robin Dick Grayson. Yes. Titans season two, he became Nightwing, and we had Robin Jason Todd. Well, he's going to be Red Hood. What are we doing Do we just move on? Do we not have a Robin? Do we need a Robin? Well, apparently we do need a Robin and we're getting one and it's going to be Tim Drake Uh. for season three. That's right. Tim Drake is coming for season three. Jay LaCurgo is going to be cast in the recurring role. And go. this is interesting, OK, because you guys know. I mean, Tim Drake has a really interesting story from the comic books. Uh, he's like the third Robin, obviously, and a streetwise kid who is, you know, brought in and, and as as wants to be a hero. He doesn't want to be what he's known for on the streets and everything. But here's the interesting part about this story. You might recognize the name Jay LeCorgo because Matt Reeves announced that he has a supporting role in the Batman movie. Mm. Now, is coincidence or is he playing Tim Drake in the Batman movie? And because remember, I mean, didn't they definitively say it was Dick Grayson who died in the Snyder cut, right? That's what it seemed like. Like, yeah. like, right? They said, no, it's Dick Grayson's not Jason Todd. It was Dick Grayson's Robin yeah. that died. So that if that's true and they're going to do this flashpoint, they're going to merge all these things and there's no Dick Grayson, we could skip over Jason Todd and go right to Tim Drake. Yeah. So is he or is he not Tim Drake in Matt Reeves's The Batman? And if he is, with him also being on Titans does it start to merge the universes? Right. The TV we saw, Crisis, with Flash and Flash. I'm just we'll saying. See.
1: We'll see. But, I mean, that would go back to trying to compete with Marvel, doing the merging everything, in which we've said multiple times they shouldn't do and stay in their own lane. So it'll be interesting, man. It'll be very interesting. Um, like, everything's all up in the air for that fucking franchise. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that would be... Good or bad, because like we said, there's just so many freaking misses when it comes to the DC movie side of things. It
0: will be fun though to see Tim Drake, I could, because you know Jason Todd had the same costume, just a little variation from from Dick Grayson's Robin costume. But Tim Drake's is totally different. So I mean, will we finally will we yeah, see it right? totally different with the hood and like all? Because that'll be badass.
1: Yeah, I mean at least to see you know on the Robin ranking, what is he? Where is he in your Robin ranking? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, to be fair,
1: he's on my last. He's, to be fair, he's last. <laughs> you know.
0: Well, now Damien, right? Like, I mean, Bruce's son. Like, like there's so many of them that have been Robin. But for me, I mean, and don't get me wrong, because as we talked about in an earlier top five months ago or whatever, Nightwing is my ultimate favorite DC like yeah. character, right? So Dick Grayson yeah. for me is. Number one, number one. Yeah. Um, I I prefer him as Nightwing over Robin. Yeah. Obviously, but my like I said, we've talked about this in the past too. That the New Teen Titans was the very first comic book I ever bought. I had the entire run of the New Teen Titans, Teen Titans, all you know, all the and he was Robin for a great part of that before he became Nightwing, and so that's my
1: definitive Robin. Yeah. So yeah. I fail you, Dick Grayson. I fail you, Jason Todd, Dick Grayson, Damian, and then Tim. Yeah. I mean. Tim's all the way at the bottom. Tim. So, I, yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, whatever. It'll be interesting to see how they use his character, though, in Titans. Yeah, so. what
0: what are they doing with it? Why is and why do all the Robins keep appearing? And where's Batman?
1: Yeah. Like I mean, I understand you've introduced Batman kind of in that role, but I want to see Batman's interaction with more than just Dick Grayson. I want to see his interaction with Jason Todd because they haven't shared screen time at all together. No, yet. and like, why do all the Robins keep leaving him? Why do they
0: hate him so much? <laughs> I mean, like, let's see that. There is definite storyline there to explore. Yeah, there to. I mean, I'm just saying. Just, exactly. I don't know. Exactly.
1: Well, uh, heading over to the CW, still underneath the Warner Media branch, uh, Tyen Richards has been cast in the title role of uh, Nancy Drew's spinoff, Tom Swift at the CW. Richards will make his first appearance as the character in an upcoming episode of Nancy Drew, and then uh, there should be the uh, Tom Swift standalone series, get the green light at the network he will begin to star in that and the plans is for swift to crash into one of nancy drew's investigation fuck a whole bunch of shit up and it's an event which interprets a supernatural event that goes Ooh. on and he believes that uh, to be it's cosmically paranormal and this standalone series will follow a um uh, Gay black man, so that's very that's breaking boundaries. A that's gay, going over black the barrier.
0: Yeah, like uh, so. Basically, they're telling us a story about Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just what I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and I mean that in the absolute best possible way. I love Tyler. Yeah, he's He's fucking fucking great.
1: I mean, he's on our fucking... We want to meet him when we We go to the studio. We most
0: definitely want to meet him.
1: So good. But yeah, CW trying a whole bunch of different stuff. I mean, rightfully so after the Trickster just got canceled today. So, I mean, that was one they were promoting a lot on the CW app. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Director Basil Luhrmann has been tapped up... Or has tapped up-and-comer Alton Mason to play legendary musician Little Richard in the Warner Brothers' elvis biopic film uh sources say that even as the film got back into production following the suspension due to COVID 19 lerman wanted to make sure he took his time finding the right american actor to play the iconic rock and roll showman uh previously announced Austin Butler as Elvis Presley and Tom Hanks is in this thing and Olivia Di- Dijon uh, as Priscilla so i mean I'll, i'm excited for this one
0: yeah i mean Tom Hanks as Elvis's manager old, old colonel parker there this is the one that that he caught covid on yeah just saying just yeah saying i don't I, i'm i'm still pissed at Baz Luhrmann for fucking up the uh the um the get down
1: no, oh, that was him.
0: Yeah, he was yeah. behind that. And he just ran that shit into the ground because he couldn't get the budget under control. And yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Thanks, Baz. Bastard. Thanks, Baz. I really liked that
1: show. It was I mean, great.
0: Everybody on it was I Just like you know.
1: I know. All right. Uh, so. Uh, so no. now he's gonna do Elvis. Now he's gonna do Elvis. Hopefully he doesn't run that shit into the ground. Tom Hanks
0: is there. Tom Hanks won't let that shit happen. Yeah. Or He'll run like, that uh-uh. shit into the toilet. <laughs> exactly. No.
1: Tom Hanks uh, is like I will take <laughs> this bitch over if I have to. Exactly. That's what I'm he can do it. He can. He <laughs> he's like he's Tom Hanks. Exactly. He's like don't fuck with he me. He Can do anything he wants. My blood cures COVID. Exactly. Stop. Uh. No. <laughs> New Line has picked up The Parenting, a project that puts LGBTQ twist on the horror comedy genre. Uh, Ken Subtle, uh, co-writer at Saturday Night Live, will write the script. And Craig Johnson, the Helmer that pr- uh, is probably best known from his 2014 comedy, The Skeleton Twins, is in negotiations to direct. Uh, plot details are being kept under wraps at the moment, but isn't anything and everything. But it's supposed to be kind of like meet the parents at the horror comedy genre. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. As long as you get Bobby. That's right. You got to get Bobby.
0: You got to do it. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. Jamie Dornan. Yes. Yes. Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades. Yeah. 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 Yep. That guy. A private war. Uh-huh. I, I I mean that too. That yeah. too. Uh, apparently, he's been tapped as the lead of the Tourist. Mm. Ooh, interesting. A six-episode limited series from Fleabag Production Company, Two Brothers Pictures. Well, then it's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, the Tourist, which is not related to the 2019 Angel Jolie and Johnny Depp film. Oh, No. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> Centers on a British man, Dornan. <laughs> who finds himself in the glowing red heart of the Australian outback, being pursued by a vast tank truck trying to drive him off the road. An epic cat-and-mouse chase unfolds. The man later wakes in the hospital, hurt, but somehow alive. <laughs> Except he has no idea who he is, with merciless figures from his past pursuing him. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's how he got started in the whole bondage 50 shades wow like maybe i mean I, yeah you never know it was it all happened in australia it's just like that's where it started yeah i, had <laughs> I don't know. know it sounds like an interesting it sounds sort of kind of like mad max
1: yeah just, a little bit right a like, little bit like, just, mad max meets like walking dead waking up in the hospital yeah, and then john yeah. berthal trying to kill you because he's fucking your wife <laughs> like all that shit man <laughs> all of that shit is going down and this just
0: add Burnthal and it's fucking hit. Exactly. It's a hit. It doesn't matter what the plot is. Add Burnthal, it's a hit. That's, that's it. That's all you got to
1: do. That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elon uh, Mastity, uh is developing a series adaptation of his novel, All, all Our Wrongs Today's, um, at the Peacock with Sec- Seth McFarlane uh, to executive produce. Everybody knows that's where he is underneath now at NBC Universal. Uh, the project is described as a mind- mind-bending time travel love story that explores alternate versions of ourselves and uh, dramatically surprising and often unspe- unexpected ways. Oh, interesting. Mm. And of course this is underneath the fuzzy door productions as uh, Seth McFarlane. Um, yeah, man. The, apparently the, um, the writer who this is coming from is on is a writer for this is us right now. So oh. you're just kind of bouncing around and oh. is kind of completely different from this is us. Uh, very, I like it. Very, I like it, though. Very, the title just I, – I
0: thought that was like the description of the peacock. Right. All oh. are wrong todays. Oh. It's <laughs> I'm just saying. The peacock – I just – still, I can't get past the
1: name. I know. Just go to NBC+. Plus. Yeah. Just, it, it's just It's so just easy. Do it. Just, just do it. It's fine. Peacock. Uh, peacock. I know. <laughs> anyway, guys. Anyway, um, right now, right now, an animated version of Game of Thrones is – and development they're talking about it for HBO Max the streamer is kicking around potential ideas this is exactly what I was talking about last week hopefully they will not beat this thing into the ground like Walking Dead like like Walking Dead the original one was so freaking good and now they're just gonna bow 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 like it's it's sad I mean of course I'm gonna watch it to see what it's like but still I mean it's scary to think about there's so many different ideas when it comes to medieval times and shit like that but still i yeah you don't want that to happen to a great franchise you don't so you don't.
0: that's why i'm still skeptical about the lord of the rings thing on amazon i'm just really worried yeah man hey, we'll see we'll yeah see. Anyway. uh <sighs> a quiet place to again 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 like what the hell man it's a part of the growing list of 2021 films that have already been delayed because of the pandemic. It's been posted three times so far. They say now it will open on September 17th. We'll see. It was – I mean the, the – That's what they say. Every time we like like, go to the mall, like the, the, the thing, the cardboard thing for is still out from when it was supposed to debut it's crazy. last March. Yeah, almost a
1: year. Almost a year. It's so sad.
0: I'm really excited. They're already working on A Quiet Place 3. I know. Like that, I mean,
1: I'm just... How many times do you think like Emily Blunt and like John Krasinski have watched this in the fucking pandemic? Oh, you're right. Like Like,
0: no doubt. No doubt. It's like
1: we know what happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bastards. Uh, um, Everybody knows last couple weeks ago we were talking about good sam it's going to be a new cbs family medical drama it's going to yes. star our girl Sky P. marshall yes. had her on the show she's amazing but now michael Stahl david is set to lead opposite of her uh sophia bush and jason isaac so yes. i mean they're just putting a nice cast together that is a really good cast yeah i'm not gonna lie that is a really good
0: cast this is what fan. i'm
1: this is what i'm gonna watch after grace
0: there you go. Yeah. The, whatever. The not resident, not the resident. Man. The resident. I know. The resident, or good doctor. Oh yeah. I mean, good we're doctor. watching good doctor. Good doctor is fantastic. It it's is phenomenal, really good. man. It's like just come on, Paige, Sarah, come on the show. Do it. Come on, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. We want to talk to you. Oh, man. Um. Hmm. What's uh Douglas Smith? Douglas Smith apparently is going to be joining the Silence of the Lambs sequel, Clarice. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I can't. Tell. Yeah, you got to so do it. Every, you have to do it every time. It's like you have to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as we've told you before, this is set in 1993, one year after the events of The Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Oh, it tells the personal story of Agent Clarice. Uh, I look, Clarice uh, wasn't she great? Jodie Foster. She was great. She so was great. Yeah, yeah. So as she returns to pursue more murders, so he's um, joining. It's set for a recurring role. It doesn't say what the recurring role will be. But but there he is. He's,
1: he's going to be in it. He's so
0: there. congratulations. I'm, my guess is he's going to be an FBI guy. Probably. I mean,
1: you know, maybe it's going to be very interesting. I mean, just how they adapt that whole thing into a series, kind of like they did with Ratchet. They did pretty well with Ratchet on Netflix. So I mean, you they know.
0: did. But Ratchet was a prequel. Can you do like Silence like of the, a with, sequel with series? Without Hannibal. I I don't know. Of course, they did Hannibal without Clarice.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. We'll Maybe. see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> the upcoming Showtime series, The First Lady, we've been talking about it. I mean, they've been adding some amazing cast yes. members to this thing. Uh, they have cast Christian Forsyth and Jamie Lawson yes. to the cast. The pair will join previously announced stars Viola Davis, Michelle Pfeiffer, and, I mean, just so many others. I mean, it's so – this is – a huge anticipated show that I cannot wait to watch.
0: I know. It's going to be really exciting. And we don't always hear the the history behind the first ladies. We don't. And I mean, I think it's important because uh, you know, you need, I mean, a ver- a first lady is very important. It is. Just I'm just going to say that. Yes. Just like you see what happens when they're non-existent.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Trevor Noah is staying in his Viacom family. Everybody knows he has like his late show, his tonight show. But his next creative endeavor is going to be an untitled feature film with Paramount Animation. Oh. And the untitled project is based on an original idea from Noah Plot. Details are under wraps, but he said it's to be timely and comedic. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Jonathan Goff from Blackish and uh, John Pollock from Modern Family are set to write the script uh, Noah will produce via his day zero production awesome I love that all these people have production companies too yeah I mean they're just always thinking about the future what to do next for like you know building up themselves because you can't stay really in good. front
0: of the camera forever exactly yeah, I mean unless you're like Larry King yeah who did but yeah I mean you know, you
1: know you know uh on the latest uh delay release schedules is Paramount's animated feature Rumble it has been moved to February 18th mm. of 2022 mm. uh, it had most recently been delayed to May 14th and then it was from original date was January 29th of 2021 so that's crazy that is absolutely wild. Everybody knows. Uh, the film is set in a world where monsters and humans collide, and the monsters are super athletes that compete in a sport called monster wrestling. A young girl named Winnie uh, seeks to follow in the footsteps of her father and become a wrestling manager, uh, but her coaching okay. subject, Steve, has a long way to go. Hmm. Okay. This, is, this sounds interesting.
0: It does sound very interesting. Um it's like
1: Space Jam meets wrestling, <laughs> like
0: so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that WWE wasn't behind this, like, right? You know, because they're in, they got their little production company too. I don't, I don't know. Okay, this next one we called it. We said this was going to happen, and we were right. And now it's official. Um, with all the shit that army hammer has been going through with all those uh, apparently bad you know tweets and like getting himself in massive trouble with some some bad shit uh he won't be joining the offer the paramount plus series that's about the making of the godfather we we told you that there were rumors that he had stepped away from that also kind of silently well now confirmed and true and yeah he's gone
1: yeah he's, he's gone. just stepping away from all of his yeah. projects isn't he like so i mean yeah. there has to be some shit that he did that he just won't admit that's what i think
0: yeah he says it's because he doesn't want to put his family through all the bullshit but yeah you know yeah. I mean I'm just saying he didn't deny
1: it yeah exactly uh, like so that's the know. thing that's the thing. Well, you talked about WWE yeah they just signed a big deal with NBC Universal. Uh, now all of their content basically is going to be on the Peacock, which will bring exclusive uh, U.S. rights to the WWE Network to uh, NBC's Universal's uh, streaming service, starting on March 18th. And the terms for the multi-year deal were not disclosed, but a personal uh, a person of uh, familiar with the arrangement pegged to be around like one billion dollars. So yeah, I mean, for granted. Granted, over the last couple of years, probably like three years, wrestling has like skyrocketed. It has. I mean, it there has. there's multiple networks, there's multiple different kinds. I mean, even wrestlers are now doing more things besides just wrestling. Cody Rhodes on The Big Show. He's like a reality TV show guy now. Uh, and Heels. gonna be on Hills. And yeah. gonna be on Heels. Uh, John Cena, obviously everywhere. The Rock, obviously everywhere. So, I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: I just think a billion dollars is risky for uh, the streamer that's struggling the most. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it, it, the WWE isn't fantastic in way, and Like you said, there's there's been a huge – but when you're struggling yeah. the way that the Peacock is, a billion dollars seems a little risky. Yeah. I'm just, you know, just, just going to call it. it.
1: It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But like I said, all 17,000 – hours of their lineup of the original content is going to be on the peacock starting march
0: 18th mcmahon is a shifty shady and really smart business i really feel like he's pretty shady yeah you, you know you watch out peacock the WWE might take over that shit seriously I mean this, this guy is like
1: yeah uh, you gotta watch them deals man you gotta watch them deals exactly this next one's pretty interesting and uh an interesting name too I don't know if I agree with the name Demi Lovato is gonna star in a comedy project that's in the works at NBC and it's gonna be titled Hungry and it follows a group of friends who belong to a food issues group to help each other uh as they look for love success and the one thing in the refrigerator that will make it all better uh this comes after i mean demi's been very open about her uh eating disorders that she's had in the past and still has um but hungry i don't know i feel like eh, yeah yeah it's kind of poor taste
0: hopefully that's just a working title hopefully i mean hopefully because that is bad yeah that's hungry for what yeah I, we get the food di- eating disorder, but like hungry for success, hungry to move past the problems, hungry to find. Like I don't know, I don't know. Uh, it, if she had just stuck with Fez, I know. I, that's all I'm saying. I love you, Demi. But I mean, if you had just stuck with Fez, I
1: know. Uh, I know. <laughs> Uh, Modern Family has not found one but two streaming services that it's going to go to for its 11-season library. That's awesome. Yeah. It's going to be on Hulu, which it's backed by Disney, of course, and it's also going to be on the Peacock. They're going to share the streaming rights for the 250 episodes. Uh, Financial terms of the deal were not immediately available, but the multi-year deal marks the first time uh, the entire library of a five-time Emmy-winning series Is going to be on two different subscriptions, which is crazy because, I mean, this thing was a huge show. So, I mean, on two different platforms, it's very interesting. It's the first time I've ever heard of that.
0: Yeah, I, I bet it does better on Hulu than Peacock. Yeah. And, and simply because it was an ABC-based show, yeah. you know, probably people that watched it in its first runs are already familiar with it and or watched it on Hulu. Yeah, so exactly. I, I'm just thinking that's going to be the, the bigger winner out of this. So yeah. I don't know. But you're right. I can't think of a single time where it's, like, been on competing streamers before. Exactly. That's, in, that's interesting. Exactly.
1: Uh, Bum, bum.
0: Yes, this one's exciting. Dylan McDermott. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Dylan McDermott. All the stuff that he's ever done in the past. He's always been brilliant. He's always been fantastic. Apparently, he's joining Law & Order Organized Crime. You know, the one where Stabler's coming back. Yeah, the man Stabler. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that McDermott's going to be the bad gangster. You think so? I think so. And there's only really two choices. Is he going to head up the, the organized crime division that Stabler is going to work for? But I think Stabler heads that up. Yeah. So, you know, then the only other obvious choice is he's going to be the gangster guy that Stabler's after. Yeah. The one that they can never get. I can see that, that. They can never pin the stuff on. They can never prove this. Yeah. So, you know, maybe. I, I hope. Yeah,
1: I'm totally. We'll this see. Up. We don't know. Yeah. They didn't say who he'd be, but I'm just totally just thrown out. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. That's what we do. We create. We That's create. right. That's right. Uh, NBC has also renewed The Blacklist for the ninth season in the 2021-2022 season, uh, and now it's going. The pickup comes after just three episodes of season eight have aired. So, which yeah. is fucking awesome. Uh, owing largely to production delays, the start of the season brought uh, because of COVID obviously the drama is the third longest uh scripted series on nbc behind svu chicago fire so that's pretty badass and yep. of course the series remains a steady performer on friday night so i mean it makes yeah, sense yeah and for anybody hollering chicago pd yes same also eighth
0: season but it came out a couple months after Chicago Fire, therefore, yeah. Chicago Fire gets it and Chicago PD does not. So, um, I'm uh, I was a huge fan of this show. I was relentlessly addicted for the like the first two or three seasons. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I fell off. I don't I don't I don't know why it wasn't that I stopped liking it or I, yeah. I, I thought it was phenomenal. James Spader is just fucking badass and Megan Boone is just, like phenomenal. And so, I don't know why I dropped off, but I got to catch back up. Yeah. I, but I'll be honest with you, I just didn't think that they could run this storyline for nine. Nine for 9 seasons. seasons. Yeah. I mean, I so Kudos. Kudos to them. Yeah. Like, and Spader, man. Ultron. Ultron. He's the puppet. That's so funny. I see no strings now.
1: <laughs> I just, I mean, I just, I love Spader, man. Yeah. I love Spader. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, Kenan Thompson, we were talking about him a little bit earlier. Everybody knows, uh, it was previously announced that he is getting his own show and it's gonna follow a widowed dad uh, that is juggling a hair profile job as the host of an Atlanta morning show and also raising two girls at the same time. Mm. And, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be absolutely wild. But the crazy thing is, is he going to leave SNL? No. SNL shoots in New York, and this shoots in California. This man is going to literally be traveling back and forth mm. every single week. Mm. Yeah.
0: My man. Did you see Strahan? Right. I mean, Strahan you saw does that. that. Strahan does that coast to coast, and he got COVID, man. I'm just saying, yeah. gotta be careful. That <laughs> should be careful, buddy. Be careful. I'm just like, woo. I know. Good for him though, because Strahan, like, he's the only other one I know that is consistently well during football season. Back, yeah, and forth, back, and forth, back, and forth. so I. Don't.
1: I know. Absolutely wild. I mean, I can only imagine what that does for your like family life. Like, schedule that
0: shit out. Or well, your fucking mind. I mean, you're, like, going from, you know, th- th- three hours to three hours behind.
1: Yeah, three you have no three idea three what's behind. going yeah. on. Like, what the fuck day is it and what time is it? Like, right? I don't know. It's, oh, it's, it's, man. Uh, <laughs> heading over to Sony, Taylor John Smith uh, and Harris Dickinson are set to join Daisy Edgar Jones in 3000 Pictures and Hello, Sunshine's film adaptation of the publishing phenomena Where is... Where the crawl dads sing,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this a few months ago when uh, Reese got the rights to it, yeah. and kind of signed on to it. I'm super excited about this one. I mean, uh, obviously, it takes place uh, mid 20th century south duh crawdads yeah. like yeah. nobody up north even knows what the fuck a crawdad is no. or crawfish or mud bug or you know all the same thing just yeah. different names for them exactly. by the way because we've been in the south and um... anyway a young woman who is abandoned by her family and has to raise herself all alone in the marshes outside of her small town however when her former boyfriend is found dead kaya is thrust into the spotlight instantly branded by the local townspeople and law enforcement at uh, law enforcement as the prime suspect mm. because that's always the case if it you're is. the ex-husband the ex lover the ex-girlfriend the ex-wife kind of whatever you're the prime suspect. yeah that's,
1: even that's... if you are with them at the time they i mean they're yeah. still looking at you yeah which is crazy but this is gonna be super badass i mean reese has taken on some new stuff underneath her hello sunshine's uh banner so i mean uh, little fires everywhere I mean, that one's super freaking Yeah, man. I
0: mean, she's rocking and rolling. I mean, she's like Uber producer now. Yeah. That's fantastic.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Sony and Screen Gems Escape Room 2 will now open on January 7th Mm. of 2022. Mm. Uh, It's going to be the sequel to the 155 million plus horror film that was recently taking off the theatrical release calendar, sadly. Uh, Previously, uh, Sony had the movie set for December 30th of 2022 but prior to that it was August 14th so there's a lot of things happening, but they're super pumped about this one because it's a micro-budget feature, and it's hot. It's huge for the studio, they think. Yeah. So, I mean, they're thinking it's going to be a huge asset for them.
0: Deborah Ann Wall, man. She, she was in the first one. A huge fans come on the show, Deborah. Yes. I mean, fucking Daredevil and, and and True Blood and, like, all the stuff she's done. She's phenomenal. Yes. Um, it was a huge hit and didn't cost a lot of money to make, and studios love those. Exactly. When, when it banks a lot of money and it didn't cost a lot of money to make –
1: uh, That's a winner. Exactly. uh, Yeah, I'd be excited too uh mgm micha king is making the jump from feature films uh to she's going to the tomb raider the next film she is from the lovecraft country and she uh, was the showrunner As she will write and direct the project for mgm so that's pretty badass she Mm. just came from lovecraft that she produced alongside of jj abrams and jordan bill so that's super exciting for her and mgm's just trying to stay afloat man they are they are. are while they
0: find a suitor to buy them yeah because they are for sale Exactly. Just stop saying you're not, you're for
1: sale. Exactly, okay. exactly. All right. <laughs> they are
0: trying to stay afloat until they can get that buyer, though. You're, you're absolutely right. Exactly.
1: Right. Uh, Kevin Hart has been cast in the n- new Lionsgate film, Borderlands. Uh, oh. It's going to be the game adaptation, uh, or the film adaptation of the game. Uh, he joins Kate Blanchett in the cast, the movie adaptation of the most popular video game around right now. And he's going to play Roland, a skilled ex-soldier turned mercenary in the Lionsgate film film the plot details are being kept under wraps right now uh i mean i'm super excited so about the it, action so we'll star see. school worked yeah basically like, hey, he's gonna
0: play an ex-mercenary and like i'm guessing john travolta trained him and he's gonna kick ass exactly. if you don't know what we're talking about find the quibi series on roku exactly it's fantastic hey, Exactly. hey were you wondering like we were what happened to ruby rose after batwoman like the ex out of there. Remember? Remember that? Remember? Okay. Well, now we know. Ruby's okay. Ruby's all right. Ruby Rose has joined Paris Beriak in One Up, the underdog comedy set in the world of S- esports that Kyle Newman is directing for Lionsgate and BuzzFeed. Now. Yeah. Oh. The move occurs as Elliot Page, who was previously tapped the star with Berenic, in the project steps away from the picture, now in production in Toronto. A female gamer named Vivian Lee quits her college esports team rather than put up with the sexism from her male counterparts. But with her scholarship on the line, she is forced to assemble a varsity caliber all womens team that can compete with the boys. Well, that would explain why Elliot Page stepped away. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, that
1: makes total <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, and we're just going to leave that there. Yeah. Skydance right. Media are and um, Rodriguez there, Robert Rodriguez, are <laughs> trying to uh, reboot the freaking Spy Kids franchise, which is a super interesting thing to do. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see how successful that is. I don't know. I don't know if anybody wants that. Uh, but, yeah, I, it's super interesting. Multiracial family. So, I mean, that's relevant right now, but still. Yeah. It's, interesting. I mean, kind on. Yeah,
0: like, uh, is George Lopez coming back? Like
1: that's right. all I want to know. So exactly. Like- <laughs> um, Netflix going over to the streaming juggernaut. Jodie Turner Smith has been tapped to uh star as the lead in Netflix's six-part live-action limited series, The Witcher: Bad Blood Origin. This is going to be a prequel to the streamer's hit series, The Witcher, which uh, stars Henry Cavill. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's set in the uh it's set in the same like realm, and it's going to be like twelve hundred years. Before uh, the Witcher storyline. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Exactly. There you go.
1: Exactly. All right. Scott F- or Scott Michael Foster has joined the Netflix serial killer thriller You, and he's going to play Ryan, a local television reporter, who is a well-liked single dad who has to overcome a history of addiction. Ryan has secrets, though, including a oh. controlling, calculating demeanor that he reserves for those closest to him and that he doesn't want anyone to get away.
0: Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That sounds
1: dangerous. Yeah, right.
0: I'm – Okay. I'm down for this next one. I, I mean, I know a lot of people hate her, but I've always been a big fan of Alyssa Milano since Who's the Boss. She was my like first crush. Like Alyssa Milano. Okay, I'm just going to stop there. But anyway, Alyssa Milano has taken um, – she's joining a Netflix feature film from Nora Roberts, a romance thriller, Brazen Virtue. Netflix is behind the project that will see Milano play Grace, a prominent mystery writer and crime expert who hurries back to her family home in D.C. after her strange sister summons her for help. Um Wow, Nora Roberts has taken a lot of heat for casting Alyssa Milano in this film. You guys know she's been very outspoken politically, very outspoken with the Me Too movement, very just like in your face, and a lot of people are upset with her right now. So Nora Roberts was getting a bunch of shit, okay? (laughs) Nora Roberts basically told all the people, fuck off. Watch the film or don't, I don't care. I love that. Yeah, I love that, and, and kudos to Netflix because you have to know when you hire Alyssa Milano at this point, it, it's it's going to be it's going to cause controversy, yeah. right? So Netflix is like, a, we don't care. We're bringing it on, bring exactly. it on. So good, good for exactly good for Netflix.
1: Heading over to Amazon, they have announced that Robert Kirkman's new hour-long animated series *Invincible* will premiere the first three episodes on March 26th, wow. and uh, they're going to be premiering or the next episodes will drop on Fridays, uh, including April 30th, debuting a new episode. The series revolves around a young 17-year-old Mark Grayson, who is just like every other guy at his age, except that his Father, the most powerful superhero superhero on the planet, uh, who is played by J.K. Simmons, um, is just like super judgy, apparently. And as Mark develops powers of his own, he discovers that his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. Yes. Uh, There, Sandra Oh is also attached to this thing. Seth Rogen, uh, Gillian Jacobs, uh, Mark Hamill, Walton Goggins—like so many fucking cool people—and
0: Glenn himself is playing Grayson. Yeah, you know Stephen Glenn from Walking Dead, Stephen Union. I mean, him and J.K. Simmons together—that's gonna be fucking
1: epic. Yeah, like, completely I, agree, yeah. man. Completely agree. Uh, Apple, Apple's doing some things. I mean, Dickinson's Haley Steinfeld and Ronald D. Moore space drama. For All Mankind, the company has offered a limited uh, commentary around the performance of the service, which, I mean, I guess is going to cost around $5 per month during its first year of availability. Uh, But offers of a year are free on Apple TV. So, I mean, just subscribe to the service. It's like 4 bucks.
0: There you go. And the, the, the love fest between Apple and Disney with the Marvel stars continues because apparently Brie Larson is set to star in an executive produce a new drama series for Apple, Lessons in Chemistry which has landed a straight-to-series order at Apple uh, and apparently in a very competitive situation. When aren't they? Uh, Susanna Grant, who was previously nominated for an Academy Award for writing Aaron Brockovich. Well, we can't get away from Aaron Brockovich, can we? Will write and executive produce a series. Jason Bateman and Michael Costigan will also executive produce. Wow. Yeah, Brie Larson, Jason Bateman, like that is some serious clout right there, guys. That's a, it's going to be a hit.
1: It is. It is. <laughs> well, now, guys, it is time for the guest segment. We are so super excited. Eliza Schroeder coming on the show to yes. talk about her project. She's epic, man. So much, so many pieces of advice for the up and comers, man.
0: Definitely. I mean, like I said, is she she talks about the struggles of indie filmmaking, but then also the payoff when it all comes together and pulls through, what her inspiration was to get into filmmaking and storytelling and all that. This is a great interview. It is. It is. Well, here she is. Eliza Schroeder, welcome inside the Crazy
1: Ant Farm. How are you today?
0: I'm very good. And you?
1: Oh, we're doing good. Doing good. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> Thanks for joining
0: us from across the pond. Uh, I mean, we always love when we get a guest from across the pond. It's always fun. To talk to y'all.
2: Oh, pleasure, pleasure, and likewise. I, I, I have to say, I'd love to be across the pond with you right now, but I guess lockdown is the same anywhere, everywhere, wherever you are, <laughs>
1: right? Yes, anywhere yes. and everywhere. It seems like the
0: same thing. Whew. they talk about a crazy time to do things, right?
2: Totally. It's, it's really, it's. Uh, ups, the world is upside down. Let's hope for the best
0: for the future. Absolutely. Great. That's all we can do. Well, and you though, you actually released a film during all this kind of stuff, which is amazing, and we're definitely going to be talking about that. Love, Sarah. Super pumped to uh, talk to you about that. But what we like to do is kind of do an introduction for the fans and the listeners who might not be familiar with you and who you work and, and, and stuff. So talk about how you got started in the industry. Was it like filmmaking is something you always knew you wanted to do? Like, this is it. This is what I'm going to be. Did you kind of fall into it? How did it get started?
2: Oh, You know what? I was When I was a little child, I was already always um, sort of writing little so- short stories and drawing flipbooks, books. And then I went on to, um, to study literature in, in, in Berlin, which was absolutely fantastic. But I was also working as a photographer sort of on the side and then at some point I realized that I have to combine these two the the wish to uh, to tell stories with the wish to express things in in images and that led me to um, come to London do a Masters at Goldsmith which was absolutely fantastic and from then, I just basically just joined forces with a friend, and we just sat in our living room smoking lots of cigarettes and uh, producing and directing our first couple of short films. And that's how I got started.
1: Wow, <laughs> I love
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like it just right out of the gate. So, so you knew right away film, right? Because you said photography. Um, okay, so how did the love for photography start? I mean, was that just something that like you kind of fell into along with the writing, or was that always something that you were interested in, also visually telling stories?
2: Yes, I guess I. Was- wanted to always tell stories in both ways and, and 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 then directing was the perfect way to to combine the visual you know storytelling with with the written word and and um, I have always been fascinated with people and you know look like you know observing people and their expressions on their faces and you know just you know telling stories I mean lots of people's faces actually tell stories so I was always very intrigued by by people really
1: oh yeah. that's awesome and we share that in common ourselves because we're also a film and television production company but myself I started out in photography as well so I can completely relate to you on that what kind of photography is your favorite are you more of a portrait person or do you like landscapes what's your favorite
2: I like both but I think I get I, I love landscapes but I guess I'm, I'm better at portrait but just because I can I think the best pictures always come about when, when people actually don't know that, they, that you take a picture of them so. yes you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm really an observer and I do that with my children now as well. It doesn't always work because often they say, hey, honey, what are you
0: doing? But yeah. I'm
2: trying to capture the moment where they don't look and where they don't feel watched, which is, I think, the best moment to to capture someone's real
1: self. Oh, that's awesome. One of my favorite techniques is... Um, taking a picture of someone who does not notice it and you're also not looking through the lens. You're not looking through the viewfinder. I captured this amazing picture of a man who's actually holding a camera on the streets of New York City and I didn't even look through the lens. I just glanced up, shot it real quick and when I went to go edit it, it was honestly one of the most beautiful pictures I've ever taken. So, I mean, that's awesome to hear though. Your love for photography transitioned into your love for filmmaking.
2: I can picture that moment, moment on the streets of New York City. I've done that often myself. I mean, I'm sure I haven't captured that amazing moment that you have captured, but it's fascinating. I mean, when you walk the streets of New York, really, what you see is all these amazing characters and you just wonder yes, wonder about their stories and who they are and where they're from and where they're going to and I, I mean, I guess, you know, New York, New York Streets have lots lots of stories to tell.
0: Oh, yeah. As a, as a filmmaker, too, I feel like people watching it, it, is crucial. It I is. mean, you know, as a storyteller to just – I can spend the entire afternoon just sitting and watching people and, and making stories about what you think that's going on in their conversations or somebody, the way they look as they're walking down the street. Like what must have happened to them that day to where they're in this place with this look? And I mean it's just an amazing thing to be able to bring that to life. 100%. 100%. I
2: totally
1: agree. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. going to have to – we're going to have to – Exchange photos because I, I want to see what your type of style is and I want to definitely show you this one because like I said it's honestly one of my favorite um, something we've been talking about a lot on the podcast recently is the mental health aspect of filmmaking we, this is an industry built on rejection and you hear a hundred no's and maybe one yes so how does the mental health affect your filmmaking game does it just motivate you when you get that no or I mean, do you take a little time and let that sink in and then think of new ways to create or how does that go
2: that's such an interesting question I think you know you hear so many no's along the way I mean it's crazy and you I mean I guess if you're really you know I hope my piece of advice would really be to if you're really passionate about it don't let people put you down just because they say no I mean it's you know it's such a I guess making a film but also you know your your personal idea or whatever you bring to people is such a personal thing that it might be for one person but it might not be for the next so um, i and, and in terms of has it influenced my my mental health i have been feeling down about the whole lockdown for you know the i guess the first uh, one and a half two lockdowns that we've had mm-hmm. and and i i felt really sort of creatively quite empty and i've i've spoken to lots of people around me who have felt the same that it's just you know suddenly this emptiness is coming about and you don't quite know I mean you do know why but then you don't because you're thinking but I have time and I can you know I can be creative I can wander into my own little world and yet I'm I'm feeling so sort of yeah so empty and I guess it's really because we are reduced in our uh, interaction with people that make us thrive and um and but I have to admit that recently I've I've had a really creative stretch and um, I've, I've, I'm fully back into three projects that I'm working on and I don't know where it suddenly came from. I guess I've just given myself a little kick in the butt. You've just, you know, <laughs> you just got to get done with things. So, yeah. But I, I can feel that, you know, I, like everyone else, I think, you know, we've got ups and downs during this time. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely. Us too. Because, I mean, a lot of characters that we tend to write are loosely based on people we've ever... Or- come in contact with uh, like in life or like just friends but yeah I mean it's kind of like you have to switch gears a little bit and think of new ways to come up with these possibilities of ideas so yeah I mean it's all about just changing what lane you're driving in I mean but we're figuring it out right we're figuring it out and trying to stay positive totally (laughs) and
0: I love that I love that because I feel like during the lockdown, there's really only two directions you can go. You can get down on yourself. You can get down about the situation, or, like you said, you can give yourself a good little kick in the butt and say, "I can." This is a really good time to stretch my creativity and yes. do something worthwhile in it. So let me attack it. And I think that's brilliant that you said that. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about let's talk about the big film Love Sarah. Yes. Uh, Twenty seventeen is like when you kind of like uh, start the idea, right? And clearly, when you're starting the idea, you have no idea what's coming down the future with COVID for when this bad boy is released. So um, that we're going to talk about that and how that all kind of changed the plans for everything. But where did the idea for the film come from? Is this an original story that you kind of developed, or talk about that a little bit in the process of where the story comes from? Because it's a very interesting story.
2: And I guess I my my, I I was always very um, driven to 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 come up with a story about um, very three different very headstrong women who you know. would sort of who who would clash and who would have, have even have had a falling out in the past but now they suddenly have to come back together because they've lost a dear one and they have to sort of rekindle their relationships and um, the idea is original it's um, inspired by lots of I guess lots of women who have who I have come across why, whether it's family members or you know close friends or people I admire or people I look up to it's a whole um, sort of mix of characteristics that we've trying to if we've been trying to throw into the pot here, and um, I got together with the producer and the amazing writer Rashita and Jake, and they just allowed me, you know, to, uh, you know, really allowed me in. Jake allowed me in, and you know, he, he took my original idea and he uh, transformed it into something quite magical. I think, which I wouldn't have been able to do without him.
0: Uh, it's all about team, right? You know, surrounding yourself with the right people, getting people on board that think the way you think, and and and, but aren't yes people. I think that's also yeah. crucial to point out. You need you need somebody to be able to tell you no if it's not working so it's all about you know getting that team together um
2: oh yeah he has been telling me no (laughs) (laughs) and and i was like liza no enough is enough so you could put me back into my corner but you know that's that's that like you say you need that and making a film or anything creative really um unless you're out alone with your camera any any sort of filmmaking process really is about teamwork
0: definitely Absolutely. And now now you had done a series of shorts, a lot of short films. Is this the first feature length film that you attacked? Yes, it's the first feature film and um I have been sort of
2: developing it's you know that the idea was in my mind for a long time and I've been I've been putting it aside saying okay I need to get some more experience with my short films and that was really the way to go for me at least I mean I I had this hilarious conversation with my dad where he always said why don't you why don't you do an internship or why don't you become a an assistant director and just you know look look over people's shoulders and learn and I I, and I kept on telling him look I I I want to do it myself I need to learn from my own mistakes and I need to you know I, I was really sort of driven and i really wanted with these short films to make my own experiences and 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 that was really looking back i have to say it was probably the the best school i could have had
1: mm. oh i love that outlook because like you said i mean you can fall down and get right back up and it's all dependent on you and you put the whole weight on your shoulders so i i love that though because like you <laughs> said it's all trial and error and once you figure out the best possible product you're so happy and so thrilled with how it turned out Absolutely. Yeah. Now,
0: now, comedy dramas about strong women. First of all, anything featuring strong women right now or independent women – kudos because uh, i mean that that's that's huge right now and and it's about time actually uh yeah i think i think long in the making and we're finally seeing the the dues coming and so and to have a a film that features independent women strong women made by a a creative strong woman even better so congratulations to you on that um all right so let's tell everybody what it's called love sarah and it's about a young woman who wishes to uh i guess uh fulfill her mother's dream of opening a bakery. So. Um, it's very comedy uh, drama uh, romantic I guess film Um, definitely a date film for sure um so let, let's talk about the process did you were you always gonna go into it indie did you know I mean talk about the financing and how that all came about and were you just solely going independent this whole way or were you looking at other options or talk about the filmmaking process of it
2: and um, so the filmmaking process was really and um, to, to for me the, I guess the blessing was to to meet the producer rishita Shah who sort of saw something in the story and said look you know it's, it's a little dark you we need to li- we need to lift it up a bit and I was like what are you talking about and she's like well it made me cry but we need to we need to to, to, you know work on it and and then she brought Jake on board who was a fantastic or is a fantastic writer and back then was mainly doing um writing plays and we met and in the beginning I said to her look I mean we are so different how do you want us to work together I loved him but I, I, I couldn't see how we could collaborate and then this amazing collaboration came out of that and we we always knew we we wanted to make an independent film because it was my first film. And so financing your, or getting your first film financed is always, you know, challenging and not an easy task to do. And, and then I remember how I said to her, I want to shoot a Notting Hill. And she said, "In Notting Hill? Are you crazy? I mean, how do you want to afford shooting on the streets of Notting Hill? Like, we, we have a small budget. How, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, said, but I, I need to, you know, this is a Notting Hill story. And then she drove me around London and... And I've, I've been living in London for 15 years, so I know London inside out. And she said, no, but what do you, let's take a little drive around London and let's, why don't you just consider this area, this area, this area. And I said, look, I love all these areas, but this is a Notting Hill film. We have to shoot in Notting Hill. And so she made that happen um, on, on a small budget. And I guess making an independent film with a with a limited budget has really taught me a lot because it's given me the opportunity to be very creative with my team about within restrictions within financial restrictions and um, and and sometimes that's a good thing you know and, and I, I would never I would never say no to a bigger film but I, I quite liked. The, the, the restrictions we had because it's really like, you know, it, it gives you limitations that make you very creative.
0: Yes, I, you know, I, I always I always like when it is an independent project like that and the funds are limited and you have to, that's where I think the movie magic, if you will, is real because it's amazing what you can pull off with no money if you try and you have the right people with you. You can really do some wonderfully crazy, amazing stuff that people just don't realize to make it happen and, mm-hmm. and it's so awesome to kind of hear you talk Talk about that.
2: Thank
0: you. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love that. Um, so, okay. Did you? And also, I, I just want to say this too, because you sound like that. You sound like in the conversation that that you've got this checked also, and this is extremely important for all of the people because we have a lot of listeners out there trying to break into the industry. Ego is not part of the game. If you have an ego or if you have a problem working with somebody that's gonna come in and tell you either no or this isn't working and maybe we should change this or change that, and you can't do that, you're in trouble from the get-go. <laughs> Am I right?
2: Oh, hundred percent. You really have to be you have to have a team spirit, you have to be open, you have to be a very good listener. You have to listen to your creative team, you have to listen to your actors, you have to listen to everyone along the way. And it's a it's a it's a it's a real team effort and I, I and i guess i knew that before i knew that from the shorts and i knew that from my sort of you know experience over the years but but yet when you're on a feature you really realize you 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 really are thankful for everyone's craft and um, and at the same time of course whilst listening and a while while sort of letting other people in and do making it a joint experience you still have to steer the boat you still yes. have to be the one leading leading the ship. And and I guess that is, you know, you can, you know, there's, there had been hilarious moments on set where, you know, the actors came to me and we, you know, I had four or five lead actors and, and there were, you know, some of them are, are, are big. And I, I was this young sort of woman coming along wanting to direct a film. So I guess it was about finding the right balance and listening to them and taking things on board whilst never, ever losing your, Path And that the thing you Mm -hmm. want to do because, and and that's, I find that so interesting. I'm just reading a book about directing and and sort of trying to increase, you know, my, my learning on this. And what I find so fascinating is that what we forget as directors or as filmmakers is that we're the ones who have been chewing on the material for the longest time. So we need to know what we're doing
1: that's right Mm -hmm. I love that too because I mean reading a book on directing I mean you can never stop learning in this industry like things change every single day and once you think you know it all that's when you get left behind so I love that you have that drive and that determination to keep moving forward and keep learning because like I said I mean it changes every single day it's insane especially now with the lockdown and the procedures the uh, COVID-19 protocol like having to do things on set every day so I mean it's all about learning it's all about learning
2: it is and 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 you know i i guess with with each personality who comes on set and which each set and, and every actor or every creative person, you have new challenges. You mm-hmm. don't always mm-hmm. agree. You don't always see eye to eye. You do you, you 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 do have, you know, creative creative exchanges where you that make you think, that make you question things. So it's really I guess you can never learn enough in this business. Absolutely. And you will you will continuously make mistakes, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah yeah. So okay, so let's talk about it because it is an industry that's ever evolving and ever changing. So let's talk about what's going on right now with the push towards the streamers and maybe the the cinematic death if you will um because it, it sure looks like the big 5 and 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 we're really curious to know how it's going over on that side also um are are pumping significant amount of money into the streamers and they and that as the major platform now and less so on theatrical releases what are your thoughts as a director on that are, is that something that you're okay with or do you hope to see that kind of shift back where you would want your films in theaters more so than video on demand or on a streamer? Talk about that a little bit.
2: Um, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm, I myself, I have to admit, I, whilst I absolutely love the cinema, I love I love the cinema, I love the big screen. I wanted La Sarah, to be on the big screen. And when we, when we released in, in New Zealand and Australia in this little time window where things seemed to be going sort of a little bit more normal than usual – um, we we had an amazing success there. We were at number one at the box office, which was you know so lovely for us because we never really got to actually have a proper cinematic um, sort of celebration over here because the pandemic was always in the way. Right. So, and of course we've shot the film for the big screen. You know, me and me and my DOP we've been we we've been sitting days and days and nights and nights and shitting, sitting with all the shots that we wanted to create for the big for the amazing big screen. But I have to say at the same time, I myself, of course, I'm you know, I'm watching Amazon Prime, I'm watching iTunes, I'm watching Netflix, and I can see all these amazing series that are shot as if they were made for the big screen. Mm, yes. With the budget as if they were made for the big screen. And so I'm indulging and you know in this. I'll bite on the smaller screen, but I can still see the value. I can still really indulge in the story. Um, And I'm just really hoping that the the big screen is not going to die out. I hope that people will find their way back to to the cinema because I think a cinematic experience is always going to be something very, very special. But at the same time, I don't think these two should compete. Hopefully not.
1: Agreed, agreed. I, right now, I just think it's a band-aid, like HBO Max making the decision to do the same-day releases on HBO Max and uh, theatrical release. I think it's just a band-aid for COVID right now, so they can just do this temporarily, and hopefully when all this passes, we can go back to the theaters and enjoy time with our family and loved ones, then just making a whole experience about it. But yeah, as an indie filmmaker and as a smaller creator, I mean... I feel like a lot of streamers are looking for that content. So they need to fill up their rosters with movies like Love, Sarah, and movies like, I mean, speaking about Clerks, Kevin Smith's Clerks, like little indie projects like that. So I think it's also a great time for projects like those and streamers.
0: Yeah, because inevitably, right, as a creator, the goal is to get it seen. To get it So seen, in whatever yeah. format you can reach the most people for people to see your story, that's always a good thing.
2: Absolutely, and I think with Love, Sarah, you know, after after we've gotten over the slight disappointment that we couldn't see it on as many big screens as we wanted to. We were also really, really happy to bring comfort to people's homes and, you know, get them them sit together and enjoy the film in a time where everything is a bit rough. And so I guess, you know, that was a that was a good thing, and I agree with you. It's it's, it's, it's a band-aid at the moment, and and um, we, we still get this amazing content, and we can consume it as and when, and, and that's also great.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, congratulations on the number one at yes. the box office yes. during a COVID pandemic because that's impressive no matter where you release it. So well done <laughs> on that, and I think that that's, that's a statement towards your film and how good the film is that it can pull off numbers like that. We should say over a million dollars in two weeks despite opening against it. So, uh, I mean, that's fantastic. Um, Congratulations on that. And for all of everybody listening right now, you can watch it because it has been released in the U.S. It debuted on the 15th of this month uh, on Video On Demand. So we're going to make sure to direct everybody to watch that for sure. (laughs) Um, So, man, this has been really good. And she's been kind of doing this the whole interview. But but what we like to do when we wrap up is like, because we do have a lot of listeners that are trying to break into the industry or have just begun in the industry. So we always like to have our guests pass on what advice would you give to those people and what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid when you're trying to navigate the whole industry
2: oh and I think you know definitely I would I mean I, I guess I'm repeating myself slightly but I think learning by doing for me was the way forward Yes. so if you can do that if you can find like-minded people um, who, who are as excited about filmmaking as you are and this is really about convincing people who you believe are good enough and good and strong and and willing to put the extra hours in to get them on board and to do to do something you really believe in together and um, because for me that was you know the first couple of short films and you know we none of, it, none of it none of it was ever perfect but we did embark on a journey together and we made this experience and we learned from it and we created a little something creative that we wanted to do so that's fantastic and i guess pitfalls i don't i don't, I don't really know i guess you have to the, the, the one big thing that I would have probably learned along the years is to never ever underestimate the prep time that you need no matter the mm. budget or no how much time you have that you make sure you you really are prepared you know your stuff you you have um, you have got the answers you um, you you have done your homework really that that is probably something I would never ever underestimate anymore
0: agree and no matter how much prep time always have a contingency
1: because something <laughs> will inevitably yeah. always
0: go wrong. <laughs>
2: Oh, that for sure. That for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Well, you know, we've been talking about how the entertainment industry has been changing, and I mean, with that, I mean, social media is a big push right now as well. Are you on social media? Can all of our fans follow you?
2: <laughs> yes, I am. I'm. I'm rubbish at, at doing it, but I I am. I'm. I'm on. I, I love Instagram, and um, so i You know, I post a little something here and there, and um, yes, absolutely.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. What's your handle so I we can make sure to for specifics.
2: Eliza Schroeder.
1: Fantastic. Easy enough, right? At the, enough. <laughs>
2: at, the, at the moment, it's Eliza Schroeder director, but my lovely PR team from the U.S. is changing it to Eliza Schroeder. There you go.
1: I mean, that's what it's all about having that good team behind you. And also, I'm going to send you that uh, that portrait pictures just so you can see what I'm talking about on the streets of New York because I think that's oh, really cool. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Fantastic.
0: Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us today because you're exactly the type of guest that we love to have on. Uh, you're very like minded as to what we're doing and what we're trying to do, and just creative and inspirational. I think for people trying to get into the industry, you've got a strong head on your shoulders, and you're doing it right and those are the people that we just cannot talk to enough so congratulations on all your success I, I have a feeling that you're going to have much more down the line Um and kudos to you for everything that you've accomplished so far and open invite anytime you want to come back and talk about another thing that you're working on or just come on and shoot the shit talk about photography or whatever Hell you yeah. want uh, this has been really enjoyable so open invite
2: oh that I'm, I'm going to take you up on that and the next excuse for me to come over um, <laughs> and I will, I will come over in person finally yes World.
1: We there would love that. We would love hey, that.
2: Hey, maybe we'll all hang out on the streets
0: in New York and take pictures. It'll be fantastic. would be great. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Sounds good. Well right. listen, take care now. And and we'll be in touch soon and stay safe. And uh thanks again so much for coming on. Yes. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Speak
1: soon. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. Man, oh man, that was great. Yeah. She was a lot of fun, right? She was a lot of fun. I, Very motivational. I love the fact that I mean, trial and error, that's really what it's all about. I mean, learn from yourself. And I like her philosophy of hands-on. That's that's the kind of approach
0: I took too. Like you can, uh, you know, you do the schooling. You can do all the kind of stuff, but to get your hands out there and yeah. just and who cares? Like she said, so they weren't perfect films. Yeah. So they made
1: mistakes or whatever. That's the whole point. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I love I love it. Agreed, really man. Agreed. Thank you again, Miss Eliza, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for the top five segment, yes. man. And this one is very interesting, especially you know. Having the girlfriends in the past and in the present. I mean, of course we're going to have, like, five of these freaking movies. Top five chick flicks. Yes. Yeah. Of yes. course we're going to have yeah, I mean – You got to find your favorite. You got to find your favorite. What movie do you want to watch, hon? Oh, these. These five right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. These all bring back good memories
0: for me, so this, this is going to go. be a fun one.
1: There you go. There you go. My number five goes to You've Got Mail. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, all fucking amazing.
0: Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic movie from start to finish. Every time those two get together, it's a brilliant fucking film. I agree. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, my number five, Beaches. Beaches. Bette Midler, Barbara Hershey, a young Mayan – I like playing a young – Bette Midler. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the the ultimate best friends as kids grow up, go their separate ways, but then kind of come back together after a tragedy. Um, it's it's a fantastic film. If you guys have not seen Beaches, do it. Do it! It's the one that spawned Wing Beneath My Wings. Mm. That song.
1: Mm. That's right. Yeah. Had yep. no idea. Yep. That's fine.
0: Because Barbara Hershey's character was always the wing beneath the wings yeah. of Bette
1: Midler's character. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. Little, Just a little. little little trivia, right there, a little (laughs) trivia. Uh, My number four goes to Notting Hill. I just recently watched this one for the first time. Uh, Absolutely fucking amazing movie, honestly. I mean, Hugh Grant and, of course, the one and only, the queen herself, uh, Julia Roberts. And the Red Door. And the Red Door. (laughs) Uh, um, But, I mean, this is just a good story about even an average guy could get the best of the best. Girl, Absolutely or even uh, reverse side of that, even the average girl could get the best of the best guy. Absolutely, uh, but I mean, we're we're all just a boy standing in front of a girl doing things. That's
0: right, yeah. that's right, and, and it's great segue because you know after after Eliza talked about shooting in Notting Hill and she refused to shoot anywhere else, yeah. I like there it I is. Know. That's perfect. That's perfect. Exactly. All right, my number four. All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey. I fucking love Matthew McConaughey and. And, you know, Anne. you love her. You, you, you do. Goldie Hawn's daughter there. Uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yes. I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, absolutely, Kate Hudson. Of course, that's what I'm talking about. Um, it's brilliant. I mean, he's trying to win a bet that he can land her in ten days. She's trying to win a bet that she can get him to just absolutely walk away in ten days. They both find out about each other. Oh my god! And then, like a Hallmark movie, it's perfect at the end, and they get back
1: together. Of course.
0: That's but it, the back and forth between the two of them, and then the the realization. The bullshit card game yeah. is my favorite part of yeah. the whole thing. Like bullshit matthew mcconaughey going bullshit I, it's just brilliant. yeah i'm sorry it's brilliant.
1: it's brilliant such a good movie man such a good movie uh my number three goes to while you were sleeping sandra bullock yeah well, i mean yes peter gallagher yes i mean uh peter boyle of course the man of and legend himself uh bill pullman of i mean there's so many good freaking people attached to this thing and of course i mean sandra bullock is just like one of the best actors around. Absolutely. So, I mean, of course he would have to put this on. I believe it's on Disney+, Plus. if y'all want to watch it right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, It is a phenomenal movie. I totally agree, I like, start to finish. My uh, number three is one that I, I – it's lesser known, I think. I don't think a lot of people have actually seen this, but as you guys know – and you're going to hear it again, I'm a huge Lily Collins fan, so that's how I found this one, but it's a brilliant film called Stuck in Love. It's Greg Kinnear, Jennifer Connelly, Lily Collins, Nat Wolf, Kristen Bell, Logan Lerman, like, all these, it's a fucking, it's basically about this, like, world famous author who's Greg Kinnear, who's, like, divorced from his wife, and he's sleeping with Kristen Bell, far younger than him or whatever, but still loves his wife, and then his two teenage kids kind of going through the ups and downs of coming into the- their adulthood and figuring out sex and all these kind of things and the son is like absurd Obsessed with Stephen King and he's like writing these like stories horror stories and everything but he's scared to have them published or scared to have anybody look at him because his dad is so famous Oof, as an author yeah. and so Lily Collins character the sister sends his story to Stephen King oh, shit. and Stephen King calls him yeah. to tell him he loved it or whatever and it's actually Stephen King playing Stephen King That's so cool. yeah it's badass if you guys haven't checked this one out like I said it's really lesser known not a lot of people have heard of it but do it because it's a phenomenal film so yeah yeah
1: completely right. agree uh my number two this one i mean y'all should just know once i say the title you should just know why maid of honor patrick dempsey of course of course, of course. i mean even valentine's day where he's an asshole even though i don't think they should have portrayed him as an asshole because is a really good guy but anyway maid of honor we're talking about Maid of Honor, uh, Michelle Monaghan and uh, Kevin McKidd from Grey's Anatomy. But it's a really good movie because, I mean, it represents like, you know, maybe you don't know what you have until it might be gone or maybe you don't realize what's been standing in front of you the whole time. So it's just, it's good. It's Patrick good stuff. Dempsey. And I Yeah, Patrick Dempsey. You, you know, there's a guy at my day job who comes in and like his thing says Patrick Dempsey and I'm like, he doesn't live up to the other Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> I'm just saying, he does. Every time his name pops up, I'm like, "You f- fucking liar! No, you're not. Look at your hair, bitch. You're your no hair. Patrick
0: Dempsey." Like he had know.
1: a buzz cut. I was like, "Get out!" No, Patrick out. Dempsey
0: would never,
1: do never. A buzz cut. I'm just
0: saying. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> The, I, these went back and forth. My number two and my number one went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But you guys know I'm old as dirt. I'm an 80s, n- early 90s guy. But uh, so these had to be at the top of my list. If they weren't, I would have just been an embarrassment to the 80s. And I'm not. So I'm just going to throw these out there. Again, early 90s. Like early 90s yeah, all. sure. Early right? 90s. All. Sure. My number two, Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, Hector Elizondo pretty woman mm. uh, so really i mean is there like i mean come on it's the ultimate romance cinderella cinder fucking rella uh, like like literally <laughs> cinder fucking rella it's the ultimate like i you know cinderella story about the you know down and out meets prince charming goes on to like you know i really do wish they just do that second one where he's a like we've talked about it yeah we've talked about it. but there it is number two pretty woman pretty woman
1: oh, oh pretty woman goodness that's so funny uh, my number 1 gracie lou freebush herself miss congeniality if all of you friends fans out there are like thinking about when chandler basically quotes Miss Congeniality so many times. That's me. I can name it through a wall. What's she watching? Miss Congeniality. If you know it through a wall, you know it too well. Yeah, that's me. Uh, But, I mean, Sandra Bullock is just amazing. She is basically... When I think about Sandra Bullock, I think about my mom. Because with You've Got male. well, I mean, of course, Sandra Bullock's not in there. But While You Were Sleeping and Miss Congeniality, I watched those movies so much with my mom growing up. So, I mean, of course they're going to be in my top five. But, yes, Miss Congeniality is absolutely hilarious. Such a great cast. Um, Yeah, I mean, Gracie Lou Freebush, such so good.
0: You want to know where I first saw Sandra Bullock? Where? The very first thing I ever saw Sandra Bullock in was um, a bionic the six million dollar man bionic woman uh, TV movie? Oh. It's the one where they got married finally after all the all the years and everything. And uh, Sandra Bullock was. The new Bionic Woman, the one that was going to be taken over, and she was going to launch into her own oh, series or whatever as the Bionic Woman, and uh, yeah, so that's the very, very fetus Sandra Bullock <laughs> as the new Bionic Woman, Lindsay Wagner handing the torch over, and then it didn't go anywhere, obviously. No. But, um, but yeah, that's the very first place I ever saw. It's hilarious. So there you go. Uh, my number one. I can't tell you how many times or how many people. How many females I hoisted into the air above my head in the swimming pool to reenact the scene in the fucking lake. But I did and my arms are still sore from all of them that I've hoisted up into the air. I'm talking, of course, about dirty dancing, dirty dancing, dirty dancing. If you are anywhere from that era and you don't say that's your ultimate chick flick, you're a liar because that film was watched... 89,472,000 89,472,000 gazillion times by every girl ever in the existence of ever that I know from the 80s. I, I, they they wore out videotapes. Like, they watched it so many times, they literally wore it off the videotape. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. I mean, that's how bad. It was just insane. Yeah. It was insane. But it, it was an epic movie. It was. I mean it was. They just just say nobody puts baby in a corner, no. God damn it. Nobody. Never. Oh, I should've put my dirty dancing ones out. You I had I had I had the the Justice League, because you know, we're talking about Zack Snyder, but I've got Johnny and like oh, baby. I fail. got Johnny and Baby. Epic fail. Damn it, Billy. <laughs> Apparently they do put baby <laughs> in the corner. She's in the corner of the closet up on the shelf. It's, yeah, fine. it's, damn right. it. it's fine. Damn
1: it. That's fine. Damn it. Oh man. Uh let us know your top five chick flicks we want to know be sure to comment on the youtube channel be sure to uh tweet us be sure to comment on the instagram post anything like that we want to know because it's fun guys we really like interacting with the fans and y'all are amazing absolutely of course maybe one one of the
0: top five should be top five funko failures
1: right exactly Exactly. This would be this would be one hell yeah <laughs> right. oh man now heading over to box office recap uh, movies are still going on in select theaters maybe near you uh, number one was the marksman with two million dollars number two was the croods with. $1.8 million, number three was Wonder Woman uh, 1984, uh, with $1.6 million. number four was News of the World, with 810000 mm-hmm. and number five was Monster Hunter, with yes. $810,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, new movies that are coming out, possibly in a theater near you, who knows. Uh, Wrong Turn, The Little Things, Supernova, Falling, and The Reckoning there you go sounds very interesting it does movies you can still go see possibly A Promising Young Woman Our Friend The War with Grandpa with Bobby and Pinocchio
0: even the marksman even Liam Neeson's particular set of skills cannot get rid of Bobby it's true he's still there you
1: can still see him just no. he took
0: out Wonder Woman yeah, but seriously. he can't take out Bobby no, uh-uh, no uh-uh.
1: it's not going to happen <laughs> it's not going to happen Now heading over to the IMDb Pro top trending segment. You guys know we love this freaking app. It's what we use every single week to stack the industry news segment. Of course we use it for casting announcements as well. Tracking our favorite actors, our publicists that we want to work with to get actors on the show and just so many other things. This app is so useful, especially if you're an up and comer trying to break into the entertainment industry. It is very, very necessary. Especially if you want to bathe and stay clean because it also Gets you squeaky clean. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> fuck Irish I just, Spring. Fuck Irish IMDB Spring. Pro. <laughs> exactly. That's what you need right it there. It smells so good. Just lather up oh, and man. like, oh, man. So good. Just if you got our haircuts, you just lather the head yeah. up. Like, you don't need shampoo. Just fucking no. like IMDb Pro. Exactly. <laughs> it <like, laughs> it right up. It's like Oh, bye. my goodness.
1: <laughs> uh, the top trending movie this week is Outside the Wire. Oh. I don't know this one. I don't know this one either. We could consult IMDb Pro right now and find
0: out what it is. We but, could. But why?
1: Yeah, but why? You do that. We want you to do that. Exactly. That's what it's about. Uh, top trending TV show by no surprise. Wanda Vision, yeah, fucking epic, guys. Holy, and of fucking course,
0: epic. the star Elizabeth Olsen,
1: yeah, Wanda herself.
0: I'm just gonna say th- today's episode, holy fuck balls,
1: holy fuck balls. I it mean,
0: says. Paul Bettany, Vision himself, said this one would blow your mind, and it did. My my, they're hinting at so much stuff. They are setting up so much stuff. They are so just like,
1: yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anymore because you have one. I have it. You know what's crazy? <laughs> Him. And I believe... Chris Hemsworth as Thor are the only two actors that are going to be in one through four phases. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, him as Jarvis and like the first phase, and then introducing his Vision, and yeah, man, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, our favorite FBI agent is back in this one from Ant Man, yes. and Kat Dennings' character from Thor, oh. the the physicist girl. Yeah. yeah, she's they're both playing integral parts in this one.
1: Yeah. Ooh, it's badass. It's so juicy. Oh man, it's so juicy. <laughs> Go watch it. But
0: after <laughs> you listen, to after this, you
1: listen. To it. I mean we're almost over. You got time. Uh the <laughs> freaking star this week, by no surprise, is Elizabeth Olsen. yeah Of course. I epic, mean, it's epic Wanda. Yeah. I mean, duh. You need to get out. Yeah. You need to leave. Deuces. Don't, don't fuck with Wanda. Don't do it. Don't do She's it. She's a badass. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> She's a badass. Oh man. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy <laughs> with us on episode 147 yes! of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm we got to thank our guest one more time, Eliza Schroeder, for coming yes. on the show, talking about her latest project and giving all those pieces of advice throughout the whole interview because she was just a gem to have on. Like I said, one of the nicest people we've had the pleasure to interview. Be sure to follow her on social media. She uses Instagram the most, Eliza Schroeder, I believe. That's right. Eliza Schroeder. That is correct. Um, be sure to follow the company and the podcast on social media. The company is at Crazy Ant Media and the podcast is at it Podcast. You guys know what it is. Is. That's right. And be sure to follow us both personally because we got opinions on things and we like the interaction. Uh, myself <laughs> at JLoFantastic and Crazy Ed guy 1970 That's right. Bye bye. And of course, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher. We're everywhere, guys. You know this by now. It's true. And if you're new, you know this now. Um, and, of course, we have a YouTube channel. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and boom, ring that bell. That, it's getting close, getting guys. close it's guys. Getting close, It's getting close. Negotiations are in the work. That's... We're sliding a little piece of paper across the desk, <laughs> sliding it back over, sliding <laughs> it, sliding it, sliding That's it. That's right. We're working on it. Stay but tuned. I swear to God, Anita is going to ring that bell. Stay it's tuned, get... guys. Stay should,
0: tuned. Should we Should we sing?
1: oh we should we should at the very end though okay we yeah got a little bit yeah, more we yeah we do more. you're right. I, i'm just excited i know you're excited i know you are uh be sure to visit our website <laughs> yes. www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear antoinette's up there right now valentine's day stuff is dropping at the beginning of next week so stay tuned for that we'll have a whole bunch of amazing stuff guys whole bunch of amazing stuff it's true Um, reflecting on this episode, it's, it's been a fun one. It's been a fun one. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, a lot of good Disney stuff, a lot of good Disney stuff. And, uh, it's really weird. The AMC stuff is really weird, but it's also really fun to talk about because the stock market was like one of the main things in the news this week because of the odd trading cycle. So that was pretty fun. And of course, Game of Thrones, I hope they don't butcher Fucking this shit like they did Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. But I mean, you know, I'm still gonna watch it, see what happens. Yep. And yep. cheaper by the dozen. I love Zach Braff. There you go.
0: There you go. I of course loved all the the, the geek stuff. Um, with DC and the Snyder cut and, uh, you know, Tim Drake and all that kind of stuff, but I loved the top five too, because like I said, it brought a lot of good memories back. I pick and joked about the lifting, but it was fun. I loved all of them. They were great. And I had a blast in my time back then. And like,
1: it was good. It was fun. Exactly. It was fun to recount. Exactly. And for y'all that don't know, I mean, it's the one and only's birthday. So, you know, we got to end this thing. With a happy birthday. That's right. Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. Happy birthday to to
0: you. Happy birthday, dear Oprah. Happy birthday to to you. you.